0: And we appreciate you being here today. So let's honor Bishop Fred as he comes to share with us. God bless. Hallelujah. Well, what do I say? Sometimes I feel like saying nothing. But I believe the Lord has something to say. What do you think? I got my Bible. I got my premature book, got my notepad, I may use it, may not, I'm loaded, I'm loaded for bear. Any bear out there? Get my glasses on. That was a great conference this past week, wasn't it? When when I got the prophetic word from Brother Joe Warner. The other night it really hit me between the eyes and really right in the heart i'd i would never had anybody speak of the word of abandonment boy that must have been the holy ghost because it rose up in me like somebody just slapped me tears fill my eyes you know wasn't that just wonderful for the lord to just read your mail he knows your address and he knows exactly when to send first class and he did. Hallelujah. Now, the only, the only problem that I have with this message is I'm full of it. And what I have been encouraged by, and I hope you're encouraged by it. Listen, I reckon Sister Jan and I, and I trust Abundant Life Church, the total church, We'll probably be here for about the next 10, 20 years. So I think we got time to get through this whole thing. (laughs) But (laughs) my wife asked me this morning, she said, are you going to preach anything else? I said, well, not really. I said, I believe Brother Kevin wants me to preach this and I'm going to do it. And what an honor because, I mean, really. The Bible says, he that goes forth with seed, bearing precious seed with, with weeping, will doubtless come again with sheaves, bringing sheaves with him. You know, I found out something about this message. And I, I find this true about a lot of pastors and teachers. What they're passionate about, what God has done in them, they weep about it. Not by choice. It just rises up in you. And uh, so I, I'm, I'm very confident of that. Now this is not any text, but it's something that I thought I'd like to read you because I put it at the first part of my little notations here in my notebook what Luke wrote in verses 1 through 4, chapter 1. And he said, Inasmuch as many have taken in hand to set in order a narrative of those things which have been fulfilled among us, just as those who from the beginning were eyewitnesses and ministers of the word delivered to them or to us, it seemed good to me also having had, Luke said, perfect understanding. I don't know that I've got perfect understanding, but I've got more understanding today than I did in 1975 when I first started preaching this word. And uh, he said, of all things from the very first, and he said, to write to you an orderly account, most excellent Theophilus, Very obviously a disciple of his. And then he said this, that you may know the certainty of those things in which you were instructed. And so as I labor with this, and I feel like it is a labor, I'm laboring in minute details because you need to be instructed because by Brother Kevin's own admission, This is a very little-known subject in the body of Christ. Even here in Charleston, though we've been preaching it for 40-some years, and there were people that preceded me that preached it, but they didn't call it the city church. And I have written about this in my little notebook here some years ago, and this morning I wanted to read just a little bit from it. Would that be all right? My wife said, don't bore them real bad with your reading. (laughs) <laughs> this past week, I learned you could lie on your wife if she wasn't here, but my wife's here, so I can't lie on her. <laughs> but uh, in this little segment here, it probably take me about five minutes to read this, but... Uh, it says something to me about what I feel like we need to hear today. It'll be very brief. I, I hope it'll be very brief. It'll be quick. It's just one seed. And by the way, before I read this, let me, let me say some things which are very important. Pastor Kevin and I, Jan, Pastor Tina, were talking the other night. And we're just reviewing again. It's very important that we understand this. Let's review. The city church is the whole church of Charleston it's not defined by the city limits. It's defined by the Spirit of God. Legacy Church, Abundant Life Church, are houses within the house of the Lord. Pastor Kevin and Pastor T are head of their house. Pastor Jan and I are the head of our house. There are people that call us pastor. And in that headship is very important to understand. The headship Starts there and ends there. So that's very important to understand as we talk about the city church. We're not talking about gathering everybody and having one head. The only head of the one church is Jesus. He's the shepherd. We're under shepherds. But he's called us to be responsible for our houses. And I used to say at times that this is our living room. Now it's all of our living room. And you're a part of the house. So it's very important that we understand that, that the elders in our city are the heads of those houses. Now, isn't it amazing, and this is just a little side shoot, but the Bible says in James chapter 5, if there's any sick among you, call for the elders of the church. And I don't know that I've hardly had many opportunities, I can't even recall one presently where I was called and said, you're an elder in the church of Charleston and I want you to come and pray with other elders and anoint with all my loved one or whomever. And yet James chapter 5 says that's what we ought to do. But if we don't know the elders, as the Bible says, we need to know those who labor among us, one, and who are over us. Not everybody that labors among us are over us. I'm just being redundant. Who is over Legacy Church? Pastor Kevin and Pastor D. They're over the church. They're the heads of that church. Are you with me? Jen and I are the head of Abundant Life Church. That's because the Lord's given us that as our job. That's our description, job description. And so that is in place, but we, the Bible again says, know those who labor among you. And I think I'm going to hit a little bit here in this little excerpt. But I want to to keep repeating some things because we've got to hear this. Because you're going to hear people say stupid stuff about the city church. There are people who have even named themselves the city church. Now I don't want to say they're stupid, I'm just going to say that they're uninformed. They're unrevelated. They haven't received an unction. When you name yourself the city church, there's a problem. So we're not going to do that, amen? It was mentioned by the prophets when we were together this past week that we should make certain that Pastor Kevin and I should make certain that we invite other churches to be a part. Well, I didn't want to raise my hand and say we've been doing that for 42 years. I didn't want to do that. (laughs) But I did say amen to it because that was a good word. We want to still continue to do that. and so. Since 1975, the Lord's been building this message in me. And the thing that I'm trying resisting is regurgitating it all on you in one load. I'm I'm really, by the grace of God, I'm trying to spoon feed us. Interestingly, last night I was reading some stuff to my wife out of the notebook. And as I read, I said to her, you know, I forgot about that. I had forgotten the circumstances surrounding what God had done. And how good was it that we wrote it down? Write the vision, make it plain. Because it is a vision. And uh, some people think it was a nightmare that I received, but it really was a vision. And so praise God. So thank you for being here today and for wanting to listen. To what, what I believe is a word of the Lord. Now I believe I've already talked about my testimony a little bit, but now this, this is something I don't think I've read. If I have, just endure with it again. I will repeat things. Since the outpouring of March 3rd, 1995, our table, the pastor, five-fold ministry table, and we had intercessors there too, has been in the school of the Holy Spirit in an unprecedented way. We've been learning by experience, by one spirit, quote, by one spirit we were baptized into one body and have all been made to drink into one spirit, 1 Corinthians twelve 13. We've received times of refreshing together from the presence of the Lord, Acts 3.19. Repentance and conversion seems to be the ongoing order of God's dealings with us. Jesus told Peter, Satan has asked for you. That he may sift you as wheat, but I have prayed for you. Boy, this thing touching me again that your faith should not fail and when you have returned to me when you've been converted strengthen your brethren Luke 22 21 I believe it is in 32 we're all acquainted with Peter's trials and his return but we're a We are, but are we acquainted with the truth of his conversion? Peter was self-absorbed, self-reliant, and self-seeking. That sounds a little bit like the ministry, if I might say that from a pastor's position. We're very territorial. Can anybody say amen? I got mine, you get yours, I'll meet you in heaven. We're one together, but let's stay separated until we get to heaven. In this condition, he was of no use to the brethren. At the table, we are literally reminded every week we we meet together that we need one another for our own conversion process. Proverbs 18, 1 says, A man who isolates himself seeks his own desire. He rages against all wise judgment. Verse 18, verse 2, chapter 18, verse 2 goes on to say, Further, he describes so much of our ministerial victimization in America. A fool has no delight in understanding, but in expressing his own heart. Whew. Now, if I had said that, people would probably on Facebook want to rebuke me, but that's what the Lord said. Well, brother, they're just single-minded. Yes, that's the part of the problem. Single-mindedness should be called double-mindedness. Because usually single-mindedness means they're they're connected to their own thing and that's it. Don't bother me. Don't call me down to the field of oh no. As we are willing to gather weekly with the brethren, we are committed to each other relationally. And one with each other. We owe each other nothing but love. Speaking the truth in love will always be the order of the gathering. Granted there are times of heated discussion to say the least. Anybody got any brothers and sisters here you've ever really argued with? Ever had knockdown dragouts? How many of you know your relationship didn't change, they're still your brother and your sister? And how many know most of you had to do something about it after that happened, didn't you? By the grace of God, you apologized even when you were not even guilty of anything, but you apologized anyway. Anybody recognize that? And you didn't apologize like, well, Lord, so-and-so-and-so, but you know, no, we didn't do that. We said, Lord, let me be the peacemaker. If you pursue holiness and peace. With everybody, you're going to see the Lord. If not, you're in trouble. You're not going to see the Lord. No revelation for you. Granted, there are times of heated discussion, as we said, even with contention. However, we have learned the great value of heart-to-heart conversation. Jesus said, Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Our ongoing prayer is, Father, grant us the knitting of our hearts that we may be one of one mind and one mouth, that we may be molded, that we may model, that is, what it means for the brethren to dwell together in unity. So the Bible says in Ephesians 4, I believe it's 16, says that we have been joined together and then it says, and knitted. So we've been joined in the spirit, but boy, I tell you, that knitting job is a heck of a process. <laughs> you have to volunteer for that. He said, "My people will volunteer in the day of my power." You have got to volunteer for that, Lord. I volunteer. What did I? What was I signing up for? I didn't know until I got there. And boy, I wanted to sort of—it's like marriage. So maybe you want to change your mind after about a year, you know. Some of it was a whole lot quicker. You're made, if they told the truth, they probably want to get out of it worse than you did. You know, that's it. Who walk worthy of our calling with all lowliness and gentleness, with long-suffering, bearing with one another in love, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit. Remember, note, we're not trying to get unity. We are commanded to keep it. And if you do anything that's opposite of that and, and is a problem for that, you're doing abominable stuff. The word abomination is used in the in the context of homosexuality and taking the life of others and so forth. This is an abomination. Six things God hates. Seventh thing is an abomination. He doesn't just hate; it's abomination. He who sows discord, Proverbs chapter six, among the brethren. So keep, this, keep the unity of the Spirit and the bond of peace till we all come. Somebody say all. all. Till we all come to the unity of the faith. Ephesians 4, 1 through 3 and verse 13. Those are divided by those few verses. And then Colossians 2, 2 and then Romans 15, 5 and 6. Now, after the outpouring, we enjoyed a great season, two years, of the manifested presence of God. I mean, we, were, we felt like we literally were walking into God. It's like, I know my wife testifies, she felt like she bumped into somebody and said, excuse me. It was that tangible of a presence, and I believe it was about right there, in that location. I had one man walked up to me and said, the Lord just put His arm around my shoulders. I mean, there was crazy stuff. Water was falling out of the ceiling and it wasn't raining. Fire alarms were going off, and I just said, well, the children must be playing with the fire alarm, but no child had been playing with it. It's crazy stuff. Now will that happen again? I don't know if it will, but it sure gets your attention when the Lord starts doing stuff. It was phenomenal, yet even, listen to this, yet even in the realm of glory, there were contentions and disagreement of the administration of the Holy Spirit. You think, well the glory comes in, all the junk goes out. No! Humanity still shows up. And uh, amazingly we discovered even the blessing of the Lord and the outpouring or that is, and our, our personality, or our personal perspective of these things can, can potentially divide us into factions. I suppose this should not have come as a surprise to us in a casual reading of Pentecostal outpourings Especially from the 1900 outpouring (coughs) till now, hundreds of Pentecostal denominations have been formed. In the name of the Holy Spirit and truth. I might add these were very sincere attempts to know the truth and be faithful to its propagation. Therefore, please understand, I in no way am bringing a railing accusation. We all must wrestle with our own conscience and be convinced in our own minds. That's why this is so necessary that we become deliberate in our pursuit of the city church because I can tell you there are a lot of minds that have to be made up. I sat at the table for the last 24 years every week, And I was still making up my mind. I think if I heard the prophets correctly, especially I think it was Brother Self, one of the three things he said it's going to take is patience. Remember that? Timing. Time, which is patience. You've got got to give God time. See, somebody said, you've been at this thing for 42 years, you might as well give up. No, I'm giving God time. My time may pass but my investment and down payment will receive great reward whether I see it with my eyes or not. And Pastor Kevin has prophesied and I'm embracing his prophecy that I will see it with my eyes. I can tell you there's stuff that I believe that we ought to see and I think if we see that, my land will be in heaven on earth. Jesus. I've become convinced that the Bible is the truth. The Holy Spirit is the spirit of truth. And as we seek to know the truth, He will reveal truth as we search the scriptures together. As we speak the word one to another. This is taking a little longer than I thought, but this is good. The primary reason Paul was not able to reveal the truth to the church of Corinth was because of their division. And, and, and really, I think, maybe let me just, well, I'm not going to stop there. I'm going to read the other real fast. Can you listen real fast? <clears throat> because I'm going to come back to that. It is a scary proposition to know that not only can we not know the hidden wisdom, so that's very important, that's what I'll talk about, the hidden wisdom of God in our being divided, But God also will become one who will oppose us in our division. It is scary, isn't it, Pastor T? James 4, 6 and 7 says, God RESIST, somebody say resist. That's a very strong word of resistance. Not just stop, it's, I mean, God is involved, and that's, how many of you know when God gets involved in resisting, you in trouble. He, God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Therefore, submit to God. The Bible says, submit to one another. How many of you know that submit to one another in the fear of the Lord and submit to God are the same? it's the same if you can't submit to your brother who you see one of your fivefold ministers and I'm talking to Pastor Kevin and myself especially his fivefold ministers then you can't submit to God don't tell me you're submitting to God when you're resisting your brother speaking ugly of your brother now I know nobody's ever done that here but I've repented a lot for that and still have some more repenting to do I'm sure enough Submission to God means submitting to one another in the fear of God. Ephesians 5.21 By this we know love because he laid down his life for us and we also ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. He who does not love his and I've already said this, whom he has seen, how can he love God whom he has not seen? 1 John, for those of you taking notes, 1 John 3.16 and verse chapter 4, verse 20. We have learned that we are the body of Christ Christianity, I've got got to read my own writing here, and our Christianity witness as fivefold ministers can only look like Christ as we purposefully and deliberately seek out other brethren to walk with us in this covenant relationship. We talked about that the other night. We know very little about covenant, even in our marriages we know very little. How often have you heard somebody say, well, I just don't love him or her anymore. I fell in love and I fell right out. Well, you just testified you know nothing of covenant. Covenant means swearing to your own hurt and considering the other person above yourself. That's one thing it means. And we know very little about that. Don't become you know, come under condemnation if you're a divorcee. My mother was a divorcee and I didn't condemn her. I'm from a broken home. So I understand the thing, stuff that goes with that. So I'm not coming down on anybody. I'm just stating something we ought to really know. By this shall all men know you're my disciples, because you love one another. And as I have lo- as Jesus said, as I have loved you. Somebody say, as I have loved you. Can you say that? See, that's the new commandment that John spoke about in his epistle. It's the new commandment. The old commandment was love one another. The new commandment, John 13, 34 and 35, is love one another as I have loved you. That's pretty high standard, isn't it? In Acts 1, Jesus makes it perfectly clear that in order to receive power from on high, to be the witnesses to our city, we must be willing by His breath of new birth to continue in one accord until He makes us witnesses. Now let me just repeat something that I've said and I will say it again. Being born again makes us in one accord. But you have to decide to be in that one accord. Being born again makes us unified. But you have to decide to keep it and do no damage to it, to promote it. The entire book of Acts is a record of Holy Spirit ministry through a people who will commit to gathering together in one accord. That leaves me very little time to say what I want to say but I'm going to say this up front so you'll know the scriptures I want to share real quickly. Going back to 1 Corinthians 2 let's turn there, 1 Corinthians chapter 2 If you ever want to do a study of of division, of what division does? It'll be a good one for you. This chapter, the first four chapters of 1 Corinthians, is really the context for this, because the Apostle Paul made it clear what the problem of Corinth was in their carnality. Their problem was division, and he said you're not you're not acting like spiritual people. You're acting like fleshy people, or people who are not even born again. Because you're divided, you're acting like normal men, not like spiritual men. Who is a spiritual man? A spiritual man is a born-again believer. That's a spiritual man. Now act like what you are by the grace of God. When you miss it, confess it and, the Lord, forgive you. If you're not walking like that toward your brethren, just get, get forgiveness. It's the same kind of stuff. You've got to get forgiven for everything else. Just I say, Lord, forgive me. I missed it. I'll apologize. I'll say, I'm sorry. I'll say, forgive me, please. I'll, I want to do better. Pray for me. Amen. And so, but here's what I want you to notice about 1 Corinthians chapter 2. Are you there? Verse 7 says, We speak the wisdom of God in a mystery, the hidden wisdom which God ordained before the ages for our glory, which none of the rulers of this age knew, for had they known, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory." Listen, everybody say, hidden. There is hidden wisdom from God that I can say with confidence very little of the American church knows about it. Somebody says, well, what is it? Well, I really don't know in reference to your life the hidden wisdom He wants to talk to you about. But if you're, not, if you're not committed to the process of the, church, the city church-wide, committed to the process, you hear what I'm saying? Under the leadership of your pastor, then you may NEVER know that wisdom. which may be, There may be keys in there for you for a deliverance, for an exaltation, for a ministry, for a life that you could not imagine. I don't want to miss it. That's why I've been trying to pursue peace with all men and holiness without which no man shall see the Lord. As much as is possible, live at peace with all men. We are peacemakers. Amen? Especially in our own house. I'm not just talking about your house on whatever street down with Ravenel or wherever, but I'm talking about in this house. You're peacemakers in this house. I was so pleased to know that I heard a rumor, and as the Apostle Paul says, I could believe it, that someone had visited Legacy who had been there in the past and had the audacity to walk up to one of the members and and make a complaint about the pastor. Excuse me? That's when you ought to say, I don't want to hear what you got to say. First it's an abomination. Secondly, it's probably a lie. Thirdly, if it's even the truth, it makes no difference because we believe in forgiveness around here and doing things right before God. And obviously, you don't because you're not going to the source, you're going to me rather than to the source of the problem. Amen? I know that's sort of meddling, but I like to meddle just a little bit there. But I wanted just to say, listen, Let me get a little drink of water. I don't know about you, but I'm all in for secrets. Tell me the secret, Lord. And he'll say, I can't trust you with it. Somebody said, what are you talking about? Listen, in Revelation chapter 2, write it down, verse 17. The Lord said to Pergamos, He said, I will grant that you eat the hidden manna he that overcomes, I will grant that you eat the hidden manna. Did you all read that? And what else did he go on to say? And what, what did he say about it, Pastor Kevin? you hear that? Did you read it? I'm going to give you something that nobody else is going to know but you. In this context, it was a name. The Lord was giving a secret that nobody else knew. See, I'm not just trying to be the inquirer tantalizer for the body of Christ. I'm telling you a reality. When you get committed to what Pastor Kevin and Pastor T are committed to and what Brother Denham and Sister Jan are committed to, you have a context for God to begin to reveal to you hidden stuff you may think you know something that you really don't know that much about until he whispers in your ear something you've never heard about what you thought you knew does anybody follow that? (laughs) Let 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 me just say this now I know this may sound a little strange but here's what I was thinking this morning the foolishness or the foolish do not know the depth of their foolishness if they continue to follow Foolish leaders. They just don't know. But listen to this. Here's the good and the positive. That sounds negative. Here's the positive. The wise do not know the depth of their wisdom if they continue to follow a wise leader. See, that's what God's saying. He said, because you've become committed to the process of the city church, the, how many of you know the city church is a spirit, right? First Peter chapter 2 verse 9 said He's building a spiritual house. In the spirit, He said He's made you a holy priest, a royal priest. The word royal means He's made a king out of you in priesthood. Revelation chapter 1 said He's made us a kingdom of priests. People want to get involved and send their kings and whatever, but listen, I'm more excited about being a kingdom of priests because really the answer is ministering to the Lord, not making a bunch of declarations as a king. I'm not throwing a rock at anybody what they may believe. Maybe you might believe. But I'm excited about a kingdom of priests. That's what David was excited about. A kingdom of priests. We're all called to priesthood. So... You have fivefold ministry in place to make you effective in priesthood, ministering unto the Lord, and the Lord whispering sweet nothings in your ear. And you'll say to someone, I would like to tell you what the Lord just spoke to me, but I can't even put it in words. But I can tell you this, it changed me. It changed me. It touched me. It moved me. I wish I could tell you I wish I could explain it I don't know about you but I like some of that stuff I'm signing up for that and if I got to put up with some of you I'll sign up for it (laughs) amen you know I mean that sweetly because I could say if you got to put up with me you got to sign up for it see that's what we're talking about long-suffering love is kind Love never fails. Love never quits. Yeah. And all we owe each other is to love one another. Not because we don't have any warts, but because we do. Yeah. <laughs> and in some places we can't even see, but we know they're there. Amen? I tell you, I'm going to preaching now. Let me, let me, let's see, I've got a little note, stop, one, page five, print, go back. All right, just want to drop these on you, so you'll have them to look at this week. And I just entitled my little little section here that we need to develop, The Hidden Wisdom, because if ever I put it in writing and let it go, that'll be, we'll talk about The Hidden Wisdom, not just Look, you understand what I'm talking about? I think you understand by now by the way i have talking. I'm not talking about something spooky. I'm talking about God talking to you personally and telling you stuff that only you can hear. Nobody else could hear it for you. Even the pastor, the prophet's ministry could speak the Word to you and, and say it to you and then probably say, I don't know what that means. And you said that before, haven't you? I don't know what that means. Well, you know what it means because your spirit is right. You have the right spirit and you're after the right thing. This wisdom is not hidden from you. You're not acting like flesh. You're acting like spiritual people. When something happens that wants to divide you, you'll take care of that. And you'll say, let's get that, let's get that taken care of today. Remember the Bible says about the husband and wife, don't let anything, let the sun go down. This is serious stuff. Amen? Now, look, look at Matthew chapter 11. Turn back there. This is one of my favorite passages in the Gospels. Matthew chapter 11. Verse 25, are you there? Just write it down because I'm in a hurry now. I'm losing my time. At that time, Jesus answered and said, I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that you have hidden these things from the wise and the prudent and have revealed them to babes. Even so, Father, for so it seemed good in your sight, all things have been delivered to me by my Father, and no one knows the Son except the Father, nor does anyone know the Father except the Son, and listen, and the one to whom the Son wills to reveal Him. I believe that's some of the secret of the hidden wisdom. He'll talk to you and say something to you and you'll say, I've never heard it like Because it's the truth, you've never heard it like that because it never could be said to you like that until the time that it was said. There's wisdom that'll be coming to you, you won't even realize how wise it really is. Are you getting my drift? That's what I was hearing today. If you sign up for the pursuit, if you sign up, these are some of my favorite verses, if you sign up to keep the unity of the, of, of the Spirit, till we all come to the unity of the faith. First Timothy 4, 1 Timothy 4.1 says, In the last days many will depart from the faith. That's not bad enough. And it says, Giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of demons. So you're going to have somebody else whispering in your ear and you're going to believe the report if you're not committed to the process of pursuing the unity of the Spirit, keeping unity of the Spirit in the bond bond of peace. In this house, in your house even, and in the house of Charleston. I, I really am encouraged. Every time I hear Pastor Kevin talk about the City Church, I'm encouraged because I have not heard many people over the years that get into their pulpits and talk about the city church because they're afraid of being pegged as something. Whatever you do, you better do it as unto the Lord because I'm telling you, not everybody gets excited about what you're excited about. Amen? And you better not be looking for a pat on the back because it probably will come as a slap from people that you don't expect him. That's just the reality of it. Amen? Take another swallow of water. I used to tell my people, I said, listen, I'm going for an hour because I'm not getting you but once a week. I need to go two hours because I'm not getting you but once a month. (laughs) You see, God's not hiding things from us. God is hiding things for us. And it's between you and Him. It's so personal. You know, that's what I love about the prophetic thing and being challenged this past week to pursue the gifts of the Spirit and desirelessly to prophesy. Because I want, I want to be able to pray over our children, for, for instance, and prophesy, much less our people in the house, and say words to them that only they and God will know what's going on. I have mercy on my soul. I'm telling you, if we get a hold of this thing and really believe this thing, we won't look to come to the house for a tingling of our spine. We'll come in from the Lord looking for the word to come from the Lord. Not necessarily as a prophetic word, but coming from the Lord sitting in the chair. Amen. Faith comes by hearing a word of the anointing, the Christ. People talk about hearing the word, it's the anointing. They look at the Greek word, a word of Christ. It's rhema the spoken word of the Lord to you personally, you and the Lord Jesus, you and the Holy Ghost, you and the Father, however you want to say it, it's the fullness of the Godhead. Amen. His name, the fullness of God, is Jesus. You know that? Yeah. I'm not a Jesus only, but I believe that. <laughs> Amen? Yeah. But Jesus said that I had to agree with Him in the name of the Father. And what's the name of the Father? He gave the name that He revealed. It's Jesus. And I said, he went in. No, no, no. We're talking about the Lord Jesus Christ, the King of glory. Open up the gates and let him come in. Who is this King of glory? He's going to let you know. The Father's going to reveal him to you. And he's the only one that can. He'll speak to you the mysteries, the wisdom that only you'll be able to receive. And you'll rejoice. And look forward to that day he'll give you a name that nobody else will know. This will live for all eternity. Pondering those things in our heart, walking down the street, the golden streets, looking with a strange smile on your face. Somebody say, Why are you smiling so strange? I can't tell you. <laughs> Wouldn't make no sense to you. I don't have words to express it. But he spoke to me and told me these things, and I'm pondering them forever. first time I ever said that to people in, in our house they looked at me like I had really been drinking something <laughs> until I showed them what the Bible said now also in Colossians chapter 2 verses 1 through 3, the need to look at that alright I'm, I'm going to let you get in the buffet line Claire some of you may be totally fasting you may be glad I'm taking some time I have to think about that food that you're doing without. Colossians, are you there? Wait for me. I'm not there yet. I need to get me a computer. <laughs> Looks so smart. Chapter two, verse one says in Colossians, "I want you to know what a great conflict I have for you and those in Laodicea and as many as have not seen my face in the flesh." that their hearts may be encouraged being knit, see that knit together in love and attaining to all riches of the full assurance full assurance that's what we're talking about really when the wisdom is hidden wisdom the full assurance of understanding to the knowledge of the mystery of God both of the Father and of Christ in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. It's hidden. How are you going to find it? Sign up. God's looking for a few good men and women. Sign up. He's got a lot of stuff to talk to you about. And you will go try to tell people and they'll just look at you like a stranger. But sign up for it. It's wonderful. The spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of Him. The eyes of your understanding being enlightened that you may know the power of His resurrection, the fellowship of His sufferings, being made conformable to His death, if by any means you may attain to the resurrection from the dead. Yes, sir, it says attain. There's something you do in the exercise of your faith, especially as we're talking about the faith, and you're signing up for the faith, not departing from the faith because you want to hear the word of the Lord, the hidden wisdom of God for your life and your family, your church house, your city, mm-hmm. your state, your nation, and the world. Amen. Now, I'm, I'm going to conclude with this passage. I'm going to read it because I read 20 chapters in Proverbs this morning, so I, got, I couldn't help it. I said, well, I've got to read this. Turn to chapter 2. You there? Okay. Proverbs. Proverbs. <laughs> I'm there. I'm so glad to get me a smartphone finally because I look so smart. I don't know much about what I'm doing, but I look smart. <laughs> hey, hey, oh, Lord. Proverbs chapter 2, I'm going to read these 12 verses because this is consummates what, what we've been talking about. My son, if you receive my words and treasure my commands within you so that you incline your ear to wisdom... And apply your heart to understanding. Yes, if you cry out for discernment and lift up your voice for understanding, if you seek her as silver, and search for her as for as for hidden treasures. Treasure. See, that's where we got to go. Lord, talk to me. Tell me. I want to hear it. Only you can tell me. Then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge. Then you'll find the knowledge of God. For the Lord gives wisdom from His mouth come knowledge and understanding. He stores up sound wisdom for the upright. He's a shield to those who walk uprightly. He guards the paths of justice and preserves the way of His saints. Then, somebody say then, in the process of the time, in the process of the process, then you will understand righteousness. I thought I understood righteousness now. You think you understand, but you'll know then like you have, don't know now. What more should I know? Only the Lord can tell you that. A word from the Lord will tell you that. And open your eyes to see wonderful things that you know not of. I've gotten away from that. I've got to repent and get back to that. I believe the Lord has spoken to me. You've left your first love. I'm trying to understand what my first love was. And I believe I'm right where it is. I want to return to that place. How many of you know the Bible says if you neglect this great salvation? It didn't say reject. He said how shall you escape if you neglect this great salvation? Now we're talking today in the context of the city church, which I believe, listen, and you've got to understand I'm radical. I believe this has got to come to pass for the church to be full of glory, for the city to be turned upside down. I believe that we're seed. In this thing. I believe we're seed of the city church and we're going to walk before the people as an example and we're going to say we're seed being planted by the Lord. Do you want to be seed planted by the Lord? Because it's going to produce a harvest in the matter of time. Do you want to be that seed? Some martyrs have been sown overseas and places around the world as seed in the soil to raise up great churches. They're seed. They don't mind being seed. Sometimes seed is not seen until it sprouts and then you wouldn't recognize that that's what it was my preaching yeah. Yeah. Yes, you are. Lord make a seed yeah. then you will understand righteousness and justice equity in every good path this is where Pastor Kevin's going personally I can say that reformation that's what reformation is yeah. and being willing to say the Lord spoke to me and here's what I heard and here's what I'm saying now you can believe it or not believe it it's what God said here's what's coming to pass When wisdom enters your heart and knowledge is pleasant to your soul, discretion will preserve you, understanding will keep you, to deliver you from the way of evil, from the man who speaks perverse things. That's what we want to be delivered from. People in the church, fivefold backslid ministers, fivefold backslidden ministers speaking perverse things who've fallen so far away, who've left their love so far, they're following Jesus at such a distance He can't even see Him when He looks back. That sounds like a negative, but I'm intending it to be a positive because the the Bible is very clear that God will give us repentance to the acknowledging of the truth that we may deliver ourselves from the snare of the the devil by whom we've been taken captive at His will. Perverse ministers come along and lead us astray in the name of the truth. But I found out I got in a lot of trouble when I started reading it for myself. And the Lord started talking to me, speaking stuff to me. And I tried to tell them what I hear, heard. And they looked at me like they'll look at you. Like a calf, calf at a new gate, I believe Brother Hagin used to say Amen. And that's what's happening with Brother Kevin. He's like, he's getting like a wild man. I'll tell you what. I'm just going to hold on to my seat back there all of a sudden. Got that booming voice. I'm thinking about maybe I need to change my voice so that I can get a little more authoritative. <clears throat> Praise God. That sounds like Brother Kevin. <laughs> I love to hear Brother Kevin preach. Well, a blessing to my soul my wife since we've been here. It's been refreshing to us. Amen. So we don't want to kid around too much, you know. You so may think I'm taking it lightly. But anyhow, I think I'm finished. I'm not through. I'm you know I believe it was a good word. I thank the Lord for it. Yes, ma'am. He's not hiding it from you. He's hiding it for you. There you go. I think I heard that before. Amen. Everybody stand up. I still think if we rush to the buffet line, we can beat the Baptist. <laughs> what an honor it's been to talk to you today. I told my wife, you know, I have to ask the Lord, give me unction, let my tongue be as the pen of the ready rider that knows how to speak a word in season. Lord, use me today give me the utterance and I believe the Lord has given to us utterance but I just want the Lord also to give us understanding of what we're talking about here do you understand it are you signed up for this to follow Jesus said come follow me and what did he say he'd do you know what I got the emphasis on he'll make you that's what I first said when I first came to my revival back in 1990 I said Lord you got a problem and that problem was me you make me. You know what he's been taking me up on that? <laughs> I will make you Amen. to become. Now, listen, you've got to sign up for the whole thing. Because when you walk through a valley, when you can't hear even a shout or a scream, it may very well be that you may hear the steel small yes, voice. You have yes. Maybe like the prophet in the cave of it. What, 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 was that that David David one of those guys was in that cave Elijah was in a cave I don't know if it was named but I remember David was in the cave of Adullam you're right things and all the stuff ran out I remember that I've had that happen to me before stuff just ran out (laughs) I've had some stuff run too Yeah. and I've said well Lord what's next he said just run and I'll show you there's no quitting amen there's no quitting. There's no saying, hmm, I made a mistake. I was just real foolish. I was in the heat of the moment. No. We fell into a burning ring of fire. <laughs> oh, down, down. down, down. It was a fire of the Holy Ghost. Come oh, on. such fire. Come on. <laughs> Let it burn, burn, burn again. <laughs> this ring of fire, amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Well, I can just carry on for a little. My, my children used to say, Daddy, you preach a message before the message, and you preach a message after the message. They finally told me that when they were in their teens. And I think they were a little fed up with it, They wanted me to quit that. <laughs> and then, they, Daddy, would you not talk about me from the pulpit anymore? You yeah. we like to use our children for illustrations, right? I wouldn't make that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. well, I will to take too much time. Listen. Close your eyes and raise your hands if you're willing to do that. Because I want to bless you. And I I believe in the name of the bairds in the name of the denims in the name of the Lord Jesus primarily. I can bless you with the apostolic blessing. The Lord bless you. The Lord keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and give you peace. May the Lord's abundance of grace overtake you and of all that proceeds from the gift of righteousness overtake you. May the Lord talk to you, even in this day, in ways he's not been able to because you've repented. He's given you repentance in your heart, and you said, Lord, I'm signing up for this thing. I want to see the city church arise with full of glory. I want to be a part of that, Lord. I repent. I turn to you with all of my heart. The devil has sifted me, and now I thank you that my faith has not failed, but I'm here to exercise my faith. In the name of Jesus, so be it unto you this week. And everybody said, Amen. Amen.